Mic check, mic check. You are now listening to the number one podcast that brings you motivation, education, and inspiration from faith-based entrepreneurs who walk by faith and trust God with their success story. They are disruptors within the business world, extraordinary college students with a dream, entrepreneurs creating solutions to problems they see on earth, and artists that are changing the game. As the pretty plug, I want to show you that your business model can be centered around faith, and I intend to plug you in to the stories of these inspirational beings doing just that. These episodes are proudly produced by Faith Tech Grow LLC, a production team where we amplify your mission and purpose to another level. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode on the Wild by Faith show. You guys, you know that this could not be a show unless I bring my special guest. But at this point in time, I got millionaire guests. I got trillionaire guests. And I got none other than my brother, Brandon Trillionaire Thompson, who is here. He was on the episode literally one year ago. When he was here, he was a Boeing engineer. He was still building his business at night, just like we all do if you're a side hustler. But he stands before us. This man is in Africa. I believe he has on some kind of dashiki. Like, I don't even know the outfit and what it's called, but he's completely immersed in the culture. And he is, we're literally documenting history as he is traveling the world to spread education about finance and financial freedom, foreign exchange market. Can y'all please give my brother Brandon a round of applause because he is here. Brandon, how you doing today? I am doing magnificent. Oh my goodness, I'm super blessed. First and foremost, thank you for having me uh, for a second time. Uh, I appreciate the first time. The first time I was like, I actually had to reach out to you. I said, hold on, when am I going to get on the, you know, the, the Walk by Faith show? So uh, it's a blessing, you know, to still have been in contact with you. And, you know, we've grown even closer over the last year, just uh, through our entrepreneurship journeys. And I'm I'm ready to, you know, just fill you guys in on, on how my life has progressed and transpired within the last year. Yes. Yeah, so Brandon, last year, I, I literally have the date, October 31st, episode 32. You guys, you can go back to that episode and listen to both of us. Back then, I didn't even know what he was talking about. I was just supporting because that's my bro. This year, I know exactly what he's talking about. I'm a part of the business. I'm a part of the team. And this man I mean, Brandon, you just tell the people, give us an update. Where are you at? What is this? What's going on? Okay, so let's start from October 31st. Well, I didn't even know the date. So October 31st, my headspace, I was definitely uh, bought in to the fact that I wanted to be a full-time entrepreneur. I did not want to work for corporate America. I knew that wasn't for me. I knew that I was selling out and that I was sleeping on my goals and I was sleeping on the mission that God had put me on earth to do. So, you know, going into November, I kind of just had that 60, 60 day game plan. That was the last 60 days of the year uh, or 61, uh, what have you. Um, And I said, you know, as soon as I hit um, the rank of platinum 5,000, which uh, in the platform that that we're uh, leveraging, it, it allots you, $5,000 a month 
1250 every Friday. Now that's aside from you actually making money in the foreign exchange market. So just to kind of uh, give you more insight on what I'm talking about. So we actually leverage an educational platform that gives you access to resources and tools that bring you to the most knowledgeable point on the foreign exchange market, right? So you don't, you don't have to know anything. You can be very, very ignorant to what Forex is. And within a week, two weeks, you can be very, very knowledgeable of what Forex is just by utilizing the, the tools on the platform. So just becoming a student of the foreign exchange market, that is one aspect of what we do. Now, once you become comfortable with what it is and you see that it's real and it's you've seen some type of results, whether it's you've learned something or you've actually earned something, then we say, hey, you actually can get paid to refer others to the platform. So I was already bought in that this was very real. I was already about a year and some change in. So my belief system was very high. I already made money and I had learned a ton. So I was more focused on not just making money, but but helping others see the vision as well and get them to, to get the same uh, resources that I had. So um, there's a rank called Platinum 5000, right? Where the company allocates $5,000 for you a month because of the amount of people that you have brought to the platform. So I was like, okay, as soon as I get to Platinum 5000, I'm walking off my job. At the time when I was speaking to Jasmine, I was a platinum 2000, which means I was earning $2,000 a month residually. Now, of course, I was still making money at the Boeing company as an engineer. I was making $116,740.06 a year. Um, that was decent money, but in California, it really wasn't just something to just get super, super excited about, but it was a decent living. So with that salary and the extra 2000, I wasn't doing too bad, but it wasn't about the money. It was more so about getting my time back. So my 60 day plan was to, you know, promote my business, launch my business and make sure I hit that goal of putting on enough people so that I can hit platinum 5,000. And that was a promise I made to myself, Brandon, as soon as you hit platinum 5,000, you're walking off your job. So January 22nd of 2019, this year, I was still platinum 2000, but I was very, very close. And I checked my back office January 23rd and it said platinum 5000. Didn't know it was going to happen that day. Um, I was just working. I wasn't really checking the back office. I wasn't just, you know, being antsy and anxious. I was just working. And I knew that I had a goal. I was going to do the necessary things it took to get there. And I knew when the time was right, it was going to happen for me. So January 23rd, I hit platinum 5,000 and I had a self-reflection moment. As soon as I got in my car after work um, that day and I realized I was now making an additional uh, $5,000 a month on top of my, my, my Boeing salary, I said, okay, self, you have to do what you said you were gonna do. You have to walk off your job. And so five days later, January 28th, I gave my boss a two day notice. I said, today is my last time coming in. Okay, I didn't say it like that, but I let him know that, you know, I would not be, you know, uh, I would not be coming in anymore. You know, I have found something else that makes me a lot happier. And, you know, they definitely wanted me to stay. Um, definitely terminated me with a uh, consideration to rehire. So I left on good terms. I uh, didn't burn any bridges on the way out. 
Um, but I, as soon as I did that, it was it was an immediate obligation to myself to say, it is all on you now, Brandon. There is no hiding behind time and behind the desk saying, well, if I put in eight hours today, I'm gonna get this money. If I put in 10 hours today, I'm gonna get this money. I knew at this point now it was based off of straight effort. You know, nobody was clocking me, Brandon, you gotta be up at seven, you gotta be here at eight, you gotta be at this meeting at nine, you have to be at this project function at 10. Like, it was all on me now. And it was a new world, but I was excited because I knew that I was willing to bet on myself 100% of the time. And if I failed, it was completely my fault. And I could, I could blame no one but myself. So um, 32 days later, after I had walked off my job, I hit a rank in the company called Chairman 10. So I ranked up again. So I gave, my, I gave myself another promotion. And Chairman 10 is where you make $10,000 a month. Now, I was at another self-reflection point. I said, I should have walked off a whole lot sooner because in 32 days of me actually making that faith walk, right? That faith walk off my job, I was able to now match my income by making residual income. And, you know, residual income is a whole lot better than linear income. I was not no longer trading time for money. Now I was making this 120K a year anywhere in the world, where I whether I was in Houston, Texas, California, New York City, on a plane, on a train, sleeping, whatever I was doing, that money was coming in residually because I had done something once the right way and I was continuously getting paid on it. And so what people don't know about this chairman position, if you Google it, it's, it's, it's public record. They'll tell you, it's public information. They're going to tell you what this is. You don't just get 10,000, you get chairman bonuses. So after bonuses and payouts, you can see anywhere from 13 to 15,000 a month. So I had actually doubled my salary from believing in myself and having complete faith in my abilities and my effort to what I, what I believed in and what I could do. And so at this point, a lot of people would say, okay, cool. I got this money. Let's get more. That's what most entrepreneurs, I feel like new entrepreneurs do. And I, I thank God that um, everything happened the way it did because it molded me to have a different mindset moving forward once I hit Chairman 10. I said, okay, now money isn't an issue. I've literally doubled my income 32 days later after I walked off my job. I've, I've dumped the 116 a year and now I'm making anywhere from 200 to 225 a year, right? Money is not an issue anymore. Clearly, it's not an issue anymore. I've, I've literally uh, supplemented my income. I've, I've replaced it. I'm comfortable now. Now I wanna chase the impact. Now it's time for me to not chase the income, but to ch chase the impact because I knew I said, okay, the more impact I make, the more people that I teach, the more people that I, I help change their lives and the more people I help get to the, the things they want out of life, money is, is like the inevitable. It's, it's gonna come, service is a wealth principle. The more people you can service, the more money you're gonna get. If you can, if you can solve a problem, right, money is just gonna freely flow your way. So I said, let me, let me start doing more events. Let me start traveling more. Let me start, you know, talking to more people because now I got my time back. And so four months later, 
I hit chairman 25. I hit chairman 25 and that's $25,000 a month. After bonuses, it's like 30 to $35,000 a month. So now I'm looking like, wow. I've went to school and a lot of people don't know that my, my journey wasn't very traditional as far as college. Like I didn't just go to college for four or five years and then I graduated. I actually had a, a bit of a, a rocky uh, collegiate career. I started off at Hampton back in 08. A lot of people don't know this. I started at Hampton in 08. And I actually went to Hampton for four years. Uh, I was in a dual degree program. So it was a six year program. I was gonna come out with computer and electrical engineering degree. So it was a six year program and the school was very, very expensive. Um, I, I wasn't getting any scholarships and I was pulling out a lot of loans. The, the great part about it was in the midst of me going to school there, I actually acquired two, two internships, one with the Department of Energy and then another with, um, with NASA. So I, I, I actually acquired. So the NASA intern actually was a co-op. So I actually took off a semester, a fall semester, 20, um, 2012. Fall 2012, I took off to work with NASA and I came back fall 2013. I mean, spring 2013, I'm sorry. And I went to financial aid and they said, well, since you didn't go to school in the fall, we did not allocate the same amount of funds as if you would have went the whole year. So you have to pull out additional loans. You have to go find additional loans to go to school. Um, and I just wasn't with it. I had saved some money from my co-op and I just was like, I'm already head over heels in debt with school. I'm like, I got to do something different because now I'm in a better situation financially. I had never had that, that much money like saved up. I was like, I don't want to give this all away to school. I got to do something different. So I made a very, very tough decision and I didn't go to school that, that spring semester, uh, spring 2013. And um, I decided to move back to Houston. But before I moved back to Houston, I started looking at different universities that actually um, took my credits. And there was only two schools that actually took the bulk of my credits. Three schools I was looking at, but two that actually took my credits. The three were TSU, U of H, and Prairie View. TSU did not have electrical engineering. So that, that slashed them off the list. U of H, I had heard a lot of bad things about um, just the, the environment and the culture. Like you're just another number in the classroom. They just treat you like you're anybody else. Like you, you're not special and you know, Hampton, yeah, it was expensive, but it was an HBCU, and I just love that HBCU culture. So I said, you know what? It's only right that I go to HBCU. So Preview also took the bulk of my credits, and so I, I, I went ahead and slashed off U of H, and I chose Preview um, to, to go ahead and, um, and enroll with. So I, I, I went ahead and registered, did my application. Of course, courses open enrollment, so I got in, and everything just started to work out. I actually received a, a email, like as soon as I moved back to Houston um, around March or so, and it was a, a email saying that there was a research position for transfer students for the summertime. 
And I said, wow. And it was paying a stipend. So it was a paid, it was like a little like over like $6,000. It wasn't crazy amount, but they were paying me. They were paying for my housing and uh, I got food. So I was like, okay, wow, this is actually a good opportunity for me not to have to make a, a, a solid decision on Prairie View, but to actually do a research opportunity, take a class or two, and see what it's like to go to Prairie View. Yes, summertime, so it won't be the same, but I could at least meet a few people and get a couple classes out the way. So I did that, end up loving the school, and end up knocking out a couple classes. Long story short, you know, I end up uh, enrolling in the fall and um, I actually got my first internship at Preview my first semester at Preview. And I was just like, this is just, this is a great move for me. This is a great move. This is a great move. This is a great move. So for me, I'm like, wow, like, I got an internship my first semester here, like with Bond, with a great company. And like, you know, at Prairie View, I was a new face. So, you know, it was very, very uh, comforting to like come in and show people I was serious about what I was doing because um, they didn't know who I was, but they knew that I had an internship. And so clout kind of will make people like you a little bit more. So they knew that I was about my business. Um, I end up, you know, getting two internship offers from, from Prairie View. I ended up crossing uh, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, I was IEEE president. Um, I, I, I did, I feel like I did college the right way at, at Prairie View, even though I had to go to school a little bit longer because, you know, all credits didn't transfer, but the bulk did. You know, I feel like I learned a lot about myself and I was able to do more, um, as far as like getting involved with campus life and, and networking with people. So for me, you know, and you know, and this is fast forwarding back to the original conversation. For me, when I hit $25,000 in the company, I realized like, wow, I had went to school for like six years, six and a half years, transferred all these projects, all these tests just to come out and, you know, make, $116,000 a year and trade so much time for it. Um, not really have an impact, but here I am, I've walked off my job and within, you know, not even six months of walking off, I'm now making, you know, $300,000 plus a year residually um, in business in which I have no degree. Uh, and so for me, it was, it was a huge eye opener. And so I said, you know, once again, that inspired me, that fueled me to chase more impact because I said more people need to understand that you don't have to go to school. You don't have to stress out about, oh, I got to get an internship. Or, oh, I got to make all these good grades in school to be successful. No, school should really be about figuring out who you are, you know, understanding what you want out of life and networking. That is the biggest thing that I probably done in college was network and figure out who I was. Um, and what I realized, what, who I realized I was looking back, I was always a motivator. I was always somebody that had a positive outlook on life, whether we fell in class or class is super, you know, uh, difficult. I was always that person that was like, hey, I know this is calm theory. And in theory, y'all don't want to hear all this positivity right now, but we're going <laughs> to get out of here. And sure enough, we did. 
And I think people looking back, they probably appreciate me for that now. In the moment, probably not so much, but now they probably like, man, he was right the whole time. We all, we all made it out. And, you know, I, I just felt like that was my calling. And I, I feel like in corporate America, that's not where God wanted my talents to be used. It, it needed to be have more of a real life uh, uh, application. And I feel like within this opportunity, I've been able to really apply that and fly with it. So $30,000, $35,000 a month, once again, I don't, I'm not spending nowhere near that, you know? Now I'm like, okay, cool. I always wanted to, you know, pay my mama bills and, you know, help her buy a house, you know? Now those things are starting to look more realistic. Like, okay, cool, because let's be real. Like, even if you're making six figures, 100000 200000 you can't afford to live your lifestyle and, you know, really pay for your mama house or pay her bills comfortably without sacrificing some of your lifestyle. So I said, okay, cool. Let's just chase more impact because it's working. Six weeks later, after I hit Chairman 25, I hit Chairman 50. So now I'm making $50,000 a month. You know, after the bonuses, it's like 60 to 65,000. Mind you, I just got to take a brief pause. This does not have anything to do with me making money in the foreign exchange market. Once again, you can make money in the foreign exchange market with our platform and not tell a soul. It has nothing to do with you making money. I, I have people on my team that make a lot of money trading and they're just not into spreading the word. I think it's selfish. Personally, I think it's selfish because if you find a way for people to escape their nine to five, why wouldn't you tell them about it? We're not selling this, but the least you could do is give them the information and let them make an informed decision. So for me, I was like, okay, man, I'm making money in the market and I'm making like some really good cash flow per month. So once again, I'm like, not even seven, eight months of walking off my job, I'm now making over, over a half a million dollars a year, like well over. And now it's conversations that have always been had are now starting to take fruition. Like, okay, my mom said, hey, I'm moving into this new house brand, this, that, and the third. I was able to give my mom the money for her down payment on her house. That meant a lot for me, you know? I was able to give her the money on a down payment on my house, you know? Uh, and I wanna get my brother on here. Uh, I'm gonna have him actually come in. You need to interview him. But, you know, my brother was, has been doing this alongside me the whole time. He's been making crazy money too. And uh, he was able to pay off the rest of her car note. So like, these are things we're just, taking care of our mom now, like within a very short time span, like mind you, I haven't even been doing this three years yet. This is like two years and some change. I'm not even three years removed from Preview, you know? So for me to be able to have seen this success so fast and it has nothing to do with my degree, nothing to do with the skill sets I learned in school is, is, is really, really mind blowing. Um, but just to keep it going, not even, not even able to entertain or enjoy a full two weeks of being a chairman 50. 12 days later, I hit chairman 100. $100,000 a month. I cannot make this up, it's all documented. It's documented. $100,000 a month. After bonuses, it's like 
upwards of 130 grand a month. My life has been forever changed. And if you see me, you probably, you probably think I, you wouldn't know I make probably the most money in the room. I don't walk around with fancy chains. Uh, I don't walk around with all these watches. I always wear nice clothes, but you'll never know I'm making the most money in the room until I probably start talking. Maybe that'll give it away. But I have literally used this influence and this money to travel the world and empower people that need opportunities. And it's, it's just a blessing and it's, a, it's not a coincidence, but it's, it's divine intervention and it's just the law of attraction that we're actually doing this interview while I have literally been out of the United States for almost 30 days now. I, I flew out the country to Ukraine. I did a five city tour out in Ukraine. We did uh, Lviv, we did um, Ivano, Frank Heves, Turnipool, Kharkov, and Zaporozhia. Never would have thought in a million years, if you would have said, Brandon, you're going to fly to Ukraine and you're going to go help some, uh, some random African medical students find financial freedom. And just to touch on them a little bit, it's, it's, it's such a blessing to go out there. It was such a blessing to go out there because they're African students from like Nigeria, Ghana, that, you know, have gotten a visa to come over to Ukraine and go to medical school. These kids are only making like 200, 300, $400 per month as a doctor once they graduate. That's whether they stay in Ukraine or they come back home. So their, their basic income is anywhere from two to $400 a month. And I'm showing them how they can make that just by showing a few people how to trade in the largest financial market in the world and make money within the market, even if they don't want to tell anybody. When you talk about life changing and impact, I'm not charging them for these events. They're all free. I'm just giving them information that they didn't know about. And if they did know about it, I'm giving them the correct information so they're, they're properly informed so that they can make a properly informed decision. Um, outside of that, you know, I was able to actually end that tour and then go to Nigeria where we're finishing up a, uh, a four, it's not four cities, but it's a four event tour and it'll actually be three cities. So we went to Aloran, um, we went to Aloran University. It was about 300, 300, 300 to 350 people there. Um, and then we went to uh, Ibadan. We did something in the city and then we did Ibadan University and collectively, we've probably already talked to about close to 800 people. Um, and then we have one more event this Friday. Um, it's in Lagos the, on the mainland. And we're, we're, we're expecting anywhere from around 250 to 300 people. So uh, this, is a, this is a place where I, I, it's, 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 it's been mentally and emotionally draining. Uh, to see this is actually a third world country and I didn't know it was like this. Um, it's a lot of poverty, a lot of poverty, things that um, I used to take for granted just unconsciously, um, I no longer will ever again. And if I do, I can look in the mirror and say, you're tripping and, and literally just be grateful. Um, these people are true hustlers and they just don't have any resources and they don't have any 
opportunities. Um, and so it's, it's very inspiring to see people of color um, grinding and, and making a way. And that's just kind of how, how we always have been. Like we will literally find a way and we will adapt to the environment. Uh, but I feel like God has put me here now to see this. And now I feel obligated to help as many people as I can in, in not just Nigeria, but the whole country of Africa, because it, there is some some poor areas. Yeah, they, they portray the whole continent of Africa as poor, and that's very untrue. But there are countries within Africa that are very, very uh, impoverished, and Nigeria is one of them. Um, and, it, and it has a lot to do with the government. Uh, I won't get all the way into that because I'm not super immersed in all the, the, the corruption, but I've been pulled over twice since I've been here. Um, there's no good Ubers. All the, the Ubers are 2001 at most cars, beat up, the roads are terrible, the drinking water is, is filthy, there's no constant electricity. Even in the nicest four or five star hotel, the lights will go out at least once or twice a day. And if you don't have a backup generator, then you have no electricity. So thank God we're in a nice hotel where when the lights go off, generator kicks them back on. But think about the people in the mainland that don't have a generator. As soon as the lights go off, that's it for the day. So imagine, imagine that. So when people give me excuses, uh, moving forward, it's gonna be really hard to digest um, any excuse from this point on uh, being out here just because I've seen so many people do more with less. So many people do a lot more with less. And I think that's that's kind of the the downfall of America is that we've been we've been put in a position to be spoiled by uh, the bare minimum. So welfare, I'm gonna give you two hundred dollars or one fifty for food stamps. Like, is one hundred and fifty dollars worth of food really a lot of money? No, but for somebody that feels like they don't have to work to feed themselves. I don't, I'm gonna do just enough to keep this. No, I don't wanna make any more money outside of this because then they're not gonna give me 150 for food. That's free food. Not knowing that 150, who cares? And it's the same mentality when you go into corporate America. Oh, I don't wanna leave my job because they're giving me benefits. Oh, I don't wanna leave my job because I got a 401k or retirement plan. Not knowing that if you follow what you love, you can blow anything that they'll ever give you out of the water. And I'm proving and living proof. I'm living proof that you can do that in a very short amount of time. Everybody won't have my results, but you know, if you have the same mindset, you have the same, I made up a word. If you have the grind set that I do, then you'll be able to achieve way more and you'll have much a much more fulfilling life if you just follow things that you love uh, and not follow things that just make you money. Wow. Um, I was long-winded on that, but no, but it's all necessary because I can't, I always ask God, I'm like, God, I, I went to school with Brandon. I went to school with all these amazing people and you just put them all around. Cause you know, I'm from Palm Bluff, Arkansas. They ain't talk about investing. They ain't talk about multiple streams of income. They ain't talk about leaving your job. They said, go to school. And I don't even know if they helped you get there. Right. And I'm literally looking at a man that I we grinded in school. Like, I'm gonna have to find a picture 
because it's so necessary. We was in school studying and now we're just changing all our efforts into the foreign exchange market. That's it. All we did was change the actual education and the information. And I got to attest and say, you were that motivation. I remember when I was going through my breakup and I said, Brandon, you know, should I do the rich dad, poor dad program? And you told me, you was like, low risk, low reward, high risk, high reward. You did that even when I was in school and you, you motivated me then. So I need to now ask you, what fears did you have to overcome when it comes to people bondage, what people think about you, what people say about you, because controversy is around black wealth not being normalized. We don't see a lot of black people that can pull in 100K a month, let alone 100K a year. So I know that there, you live a very controversial life. So what fears did you have to overcome to even get to this mindset where it's like impact and got nothing, I repeat, nothing to do with the money that you actually bring in? So as far as the fears, I, I honestly believe that the biggest fear of mine was, was conquered when I walked off my job. That was really the biggest fear. Um, and that was probably the most controversial thing that I did because a lot of people was like, wow, like, why would you walk off a six figure paying job and you're only making $5,000 a month? Like, and you know, like, yeah, you might be making money trading, but it's not consistent. I was like, okay, cool. Once I got over the fact that, you know, I walked off my job, um, I feel like that was the biggest, the biggest fear I had. So once I got past that, I really, I really got myself in a place where I said, none of these opinions are going to make me happy, whether I like what they're saying or whether I don't like what they're saying. You can like an opinion or you can dislike it. It doesn't matter because none of them pay the bills. And so... I got into a place where I said, fear is not going to get me to financial freedom. Fear is only going to keep me from abundance and prosperity. And this has nothing to do with money. This has everything to do with you living the freest, purest, most transparent life that you can live. Like a lot of people are scared to just get on a plane. That has nothing to do with opening up a business. They're scared to do very, very minimal things you're scared to go talk to that guy and you know in your building that you like or you're scared to go talk to that girl in your classroom that you like because you feel like people are gonna judge you and feel like you're too you're too good or they're too good for you people move in fear and that's what keeps keeps them broke and i when i when i say people are broke i'm not talking about money I'm talking about that can be, it can't, well, maybe sometimes it could be money, but broke can be financially, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, you can be broke. And people all day are walking around just broke. You're not going to the gym, right? You're not uh, doing personal development, right? You're not meditating. Or you're not doing anything that clears your mind and gets you in a good hair space. You're not having good conversation, right? You're not doing anything that, you know, uh, gives you more financial literacy, you're just broken. And so all those things, all those habits, you know, it just strengthens fear in your life. It strengthens more fear. Of course, you don't want to go work out. You haven't been to the gym in a year. You're scared. You're scared to feel that pain of wheezing and breathing hard and your muscles aching. You're 
scared now because you your habits have been conducive to fear. You're scared to go talk to people because you're an introvert and all you do is look on your phone and text all day. You don't talk to people. You don't practice. Your habits are conducive to fear. You don't want to read a book or you don't want to go to a seminar because you're scared of what people will think if they see you reading. They're going to ask you, well, oh, what is the book about? Or somebody in church might, might try to be, uh, become friends with you and try to immerse you in the culture of the church. And you're scared because all the habits that you have are conducive to fear and they're not feeding abundance. But literally fear for me is just a made up illusion. It's a made, it's an illusion. It's, it's all made up. It's an illusion of what, of the worst that could happen. And if you always live in fear and you're always thinking about what the worst, the worst thing that could happen, then you're never gonna move. If I'm like, man, if I go outside, I can get shot. I'm never leaving the house then. If I invest, I'm gonna lose my money. I'm never gonna invest in. If I go talk to that girl, she's gonna, she's gonna tell me no. I'm never gonna talk to a girl. See, when you move in fear, you're literally blocking everything that God has in store for you. And that's why he say God doesn't want you to move in fear. He wants you to move with confidence. He wants to move, he wants you to move with, with like the, the joyous uh, energy that everything that is in the earth is for you and will be molded around you for your better good. Period. And that's how I move. Like even coming out here to Africa, like I don't know anybody in Africa outside of the people that I've connected with via Zoom, via Instagram. But a lot of people told me like, be careful. It's dangerous. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on. The police are corrupt out there. If I would have moved off of that, I wouldn't have moved at all. But for me, I said, God put everything in place to work out for my better good. So I gotta go find out what God has in store for me. And I now know God for sure wanted me to come out of here. He for sure wanted me to come out of here. Not only come out here, but come out of here better. I will come out of Africa better. Like I have, my mind is stretched, my grind is stretched, my spirit has grown. Like I have just literally, I feel like I'm 10 steps ahead of everybody now because I've, I've moved without fear. I'm so, I'm fearless. Like I can't have a spirit of fear. Like I just can't be around people that are scary or timid because the universe doesn't like timid. It doesn't like fear. It doesn't like indecision. It likes, boom, this is what you want. Then take it. And, and I say that a lot in my, in my, in my presentations is like, you know, we're all here, even me on this, you know, this interview right now, we're all here because of law of attraction. You've been thinking, praying, feeling, wishing, hoping for something different to take place in your life. I don't know what that is, but that has brought you to where you're at currently right now. Once you release those thoughts and prayers and wishes and hopes to the universe, the universe is then going to return those things in the form of what you want. All you have to do is take action. They're going to either be conversations, relationships, ideas, or opportunities. And you have to take action. So if you say, man, I want some money. I wish I could make some money. 
and you've been watching Jasmine and she posted something about making money from your phone. And the first thing you say, it's a scam. Or this is too good to be true. And not to get, you know, too too religious and too spiritual. And I know this is this is this is the walk by faith show, so I'm free to do it. Go ahead. But if you ask God for something and he in return gives you exactly what you want, and you say it's too good to be true. Did you really want what you asked for? And I tell people all the time, you should say, thank you, God. Receive it. Receive it. If you ask for a phone and somebody says, well, here's the phone. What's wrong with it? Does it work? If you've asked for something and it's given to you, receive it and say, thank you, God. Because when you attach God to it, even if it's not the right thing, it's going to be okay. Because you're thanking God. If you've asked something from God and you receive it and it looks like something you want, please say thank you, God, and receive it. Now, on the other hand, some people won't do it because it doesn't quite look like what they want. Here's another thing. Sometimes you might ask for a chair. You might ask for a table and God going to give you a tree. And a lot of people will be like, well, man, I, I wanted a table. I wanted some chairs. But what they don't understand is God will never give you something. And in correlation to your skill set and your gifts and talents, you can't make it into what you need and what you said you wanted. So with a little grind, with a little effort, with a little faith, you can chop that tree down and make as many chairs and as many tables as you want. And not only can you do that, now you can teach other people how to do the same thing. So a lot of people out here asking for chairs, God giving you a tree and you still don't know what to do with it. You want it exactly the way you asked for it. And that's kind of selfish. And that's why I think uh, when people see Forex, and that you can make money from your phone. They're like, oh, I don't want to be a Forex trader. I don't want to tell people about it. Well, I didn't want to be a professional Forex trader either when I grew up. That was never in the plans for Brandon. Brandon never said, I want to be a Chairman 100 when I grow up. But maybe I asked for a chair and this right now is my tree and I'm chopping it down and I'm making it into whatever I want. And you tell me if you can't use the extra $100,000 a month and however you got it, you're not going to complain. You're going to say, thank you, God. And that's, that's how I feel about, you know, overcoming the fear is like, forget all what everybody else saying. Everybody else ain't living their life. 99% of the world not living their best life. Every, they living for somebody else. They living in everybody else's fears. They're not even living in their own fears. You living for your mama fears, your daddy fears, your grandma fears, your broke cousin fears. You're not even living in your own fears. The fears you have is fears that other people have placed on you because of their experiences. That's what's weird. You wasn't even scared to make a move to invest until your mama said something bad about it because she had a bad experience. But ask yourself, would you exchange spots with your mama where she at right now financially? So when you get to your mama age, you will want to exchange places with her. If the answer is no, why are you listening to her about financial advice? That's no disrespect. That's no disrespect. Even my mom, my mom has made six figures. She's made six figures. But when I wanted to make seven, I couldn't take her advice all the way. 
because she hasn't made seven figures. I had to start listening to people that had the results that I desired. And those people might not even be people that you've known for a long time. They might be the guy sitting right next to you on the bench when you take the bus to work. But because you're scared to talk to people, you'll never find out that information. But I digress. Sheesh. You snatching my whole edges. I know you probably snatching folks whole life on this thing, but we talked about it. You was like, a lot of people would look at what you're doing and say, man, it's not hard. Like he's literally going around the world and he's speaking. He's just using his God-given talents to like impact. And his tree right now is teaching about investing. Like you guys, that is what we're talking about. We're talking about literally making money. I am no longer in people bondage. I feel like a free black person. I just don't rap. I, I don't twerk. I tell people I'm a rapper. I just don't twerk. Now, I want to know, how has your relationship with people changed? Ooh, um, I'm, I'm definitely more transparent and more straight to the point. Um, I, don't, I don't really accept too many excuses and I come with more solutions. So most people come with problems. That's just what it is. If you listen to most people talk, they're gonna tell you a problem. And that's fine, it's natural. Not to say that I don't have problems, but when you have a when you're aware of that, you try to be a solution and not a, and not add to the problem. Uh, I'm not try to like, you know, be in cahoots with it. Like, oh yeah, I'm broke. Oh, I'm broke too. Join the party. Like, you know, I try not to 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 be in cahoots with people and their problems. I try to bring a solution. You know, and that's what most people do. They see a problem and they add on. They think, oh, well, let me comfort them and let them know I got problems too. That's not what you should do. You should give them a solution. Mm. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time, yeah, I, I understand that, that money can buy happiness. I, I really do. Um, but a little part of me believes it, it can. Just a little part of me. Like, you know, and, and I feel like it's, that's a broke people saying. Money can not buy happiness. Who said that? Like, can we document who said that? Who's... <laughs> Whose quote was that? Like I don't know. Money, that's what I'm saying. Like money can't buy happiness. Okay, would you rather cry in a Bentley or a bus? Would you rather cry in a shack or a mansion? And I understand these are all material things, but wouldn't you want your environment to be a lot less stressful when you're done crying? <laughs> but when I'm done crying, damn, I'm still on the bus. <laughs> At least I could be like, man, I'm in the Bentley. What a, let me let me just go drive down the coast. Let me go take a oh, right. You know, money, you're right. Money can't, I tell people this. It's like, well, Brandon, money can't, money can't uh can't uh bring anybody back to the dead. I said, bring anybody back from the dead. I said, you're absolutely right. But the way technology is moving, when they figure it out, I wanna be able to afford it. <laughs> I wanna be able to bring people back. I want to be able to afford the price, man. You saying that now, but like, stop. Money can't buy happiness. You're right, it can't. But it can buy. It can put things around you that make you happy after you've had that sad moment. You can have a peace of mind because when you broke and every 30 days you can't pay your bills, you ain't happy. You can't take a vacation. You can't buy no ice cream. Like, what are you going to do to make yourself better? Like, you just going to get over it. And that's what I'm saying. When you broke, you got to just deal with it. But when you got money, okay, I'm sad. I get it. 
I'm sad. I I'm, I have down times too, but then I'll be like, you know what? Let me go have a self-care day. Let me go get a massage. Let me go polish my, you know, get my, 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 my hands buff. I want my fingers shining now. You know, I ain't used to think getting a manicure and pedicure was cool, but now I'm like, let me take care of myself. Let me let me lean rub on my feet. You know what I'm saying? These are things that I wouldn't do normally, but I didn't have the money, the extra money to do. I was like, I don't have that in my butt. I don't want to pay $100 to do that, but it was money that was stopping me. You know, let me go fly to see my mom. I can't do that. I got to go to work on Monday. These are things that can, yeah, if I'm feeling down, I can change my mood, you know, but I need money to do it. So these are things that, you know, uh, I feel like, yeah, they might have a, a, a materialistic thing attached to it, but it's not about the material. It's about what, what makes you happy. If somebody likes cars, then that just makes them happy. Doesn't mean they're materialistic. They just like cars. Or if they want a nice home, like what you like. And that's what you said, Jasmine, is like, we have to normalize black wealth. It is okay to have nice things and have money. Don't let anybody make you feel bad because you like nice things and you want to wear Gucci and Prada. Maybe that's not your style, that's fine. But I used to say, oh, I would never spend $400 on a belt. That's because I didn't have the money to buy a $400 belt. But when you do have that money, then that $400 belt really looks like a $30 belt. And I say that to say, like, I, I buy these things now. I'm like, this is just material. It, it just makes me feel good. I don't care what anybody else says. You won't even know I have a Gucci belt, Dolce & Gabbana belt. I'll be hiding it. But I know I have it on, so I feel good. I had one on yesterday. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. But I knew. And that made me feel good. I got a nice belt on. Right. So it, it's we got to get out of this, get get out of this mindset of that, you know, ma, ma, oh, they materialist. Who made up that word? Who, made, who, who quoted that? Don't be so materialistic. Like God made man so man can make things that makes man happy and makes man's life easier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. OK, you you probably settled in life and you're mad because I got a Benz and you got the Corolla. You can't afford the Benz. So you're gonna look down at people that can't afford the Benz and you're gonna try to congregate with people that can only afford the Corolla and then you wonder why your life is where it is because you don't wanna step out of your comfort zone and be like, okay, how can they afford the Benz? Not why do they got, why they got to have that expensive car? Or I wouldn't buy that if I had money. Well, that's why you don't have the money because of that mindset. And I can't lie and say I wasn't in that mindset before. Like I said, I said, if I had the money, I wouldn't buy it. No, why would I buy that? But it makes me feel good. It, 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 what it does is stamps my hard work. Cause I love going into these places where the Asians think I can't afford nothing and I'm gonna buy a few things in here. Oh, now y'all wanna bring me champagne. For me, it's like, ah, you're the employee. I'm in here buying stuff. You know, and I'm not here to make anything, anybody feel bad, but I've walked in those stores where they treated me like I wasn't supposed to be in there. But now they're giving me champagne, cheese and crackers. So I love being on the other side. Being wealthy, being rich is a good thing. 
I'm still a black man in America. And so that's why I, I don't smell my drawers or I don't get too haughty. And I humble myself and I come to places like Ukraine and I travel to places like Africa. Why? Because I understand that none of that material stuff matters. You're right. It's more about the impact. And the impact has allotted me to lifestyle. But I will never forget what got me to where I am. And that's literally impacting people's lives and, and making sure that I'm not the only one that had the information. Whether somebody wants to do it or not, you have the information and I did my Now we'll be right back with a quick message from our sponsors. Advertisements do work because guess what? You're listening to one. Email wbfpodcast at gmail.com for more advertising inquiries. We can't wait to promote your business. And now back to the podcast episode. And I want to tell everybody that's listening, like I had to repent because I had a poverty mindset. Brandon told me about trading in 2017. Like I had just got out of school. Like that's the year I graduated. And he was like, hey, Jasmine, you should be trading. And I didn't know what he was talking about. I was working at an investment bank and didn't even know what he was talking about. I had to repent. I had to say, I don't know everything. I am literally looking at 21 year olds. Tell me about my whole self. Humble my behind. I got humbled. I got humbled in that whole, that whole situation. And I learned, I said, I have to repent. I don't know everything. My parents don't know everything. But I do know one thing, if I want to be successful, I want to trade shoes with people that I want to trade wallets with. Mm. It only makes sense. I can't ask my mom and daddy for help. They can't, they need me. They need me. I can't go back. I'm not going back to being broke. I'm not going back to being poverty mindset. I'm not going back there. Y'all can live there and stay there. I'm not staying. I'm not going back. I was in Palm Bluff. I ain't had nothing growing up. Y'all can stay there. I'm not going to stay. I'm not. So I had to repent. And the next question is more like, Brandon, I am looking at millionaires that are not even able to really go to the club. And like, it's like, they just now hitting 22, 23. These are it's In our eyes, they are young adults, men and women. But I'm looking at the generational curse is broken. It's now generational wealth. How do you feel with so many people that are attached to you under the age of 30? It's, it's a humbling experience, it's a humbling accomplishment, and it's a great responsibility. I have a lot of people that look to me for financial advice. I have a lot of people that look to me for advice about life in general. Um, and I take pride in it. You know, like I said, like my goal isn't to be this flashy guy. My goal isn't to, you know, be this cocky, arrogant person because that was never me before the money. Um, and it's not me with the money. You know, I always tell people like money doesn't change you. It just insinuates who you really are. Right. So uh, for me, I've always wanted to help people. That was always my goal. I didn't know how I wanted to help them. I just know I wanted to motivate people and teach them that there's a way for them to live abundantly. 
And that's why I feel like this opportunity is so grand because I've been able to help people like that are literally within still, we're still millennials. Cause millennials is like, I believe 21 or 22 all the way to like 32, 34. So we're still within the millennial. But like you said, the younger millennials now carry the weight of being the role models to the people that are coming up behind them, like the 14 to the 19 year olds or the 13 to the 19 year olds. So you have to set an example for what they should do. And yes, they're younger. Um, they're attached to the younger generation a lot more than I am. I'm, I, I'm cool with a lot of people that are 21, 22, but I'm not cool with a lot of people that are 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, right? But the the younger group that are 2021, 20, they still probably hang out with people that's 16, 17, 18, you know, in the neighborhood. And um, I feel like it's my responsibility to move the culture forward and make sure that I set an example. It's just following the leader. It's like, okay, cool. Maybe I can't touch that 15 and 16 year old, or maybe maybe some of them are watching, but the bulk are probably looking at the 19 and 20 year olds. So my goal is to make sure I set an example for the younger uh, people that are looking up to me so that they can set an example for the younger people that are looking up to them. And that's how we make change. It's not going to happen overnight, but you got to make sure that whatever you're doing, the people that are looking up to you have a great example. So yeah, you can't reach the whole world, but you got to reach the, the people that are next up to take your position because some people that are in their position is going to take their position next. So it's just like, you know, it's like, uh, it's just a big moving, moving, uh, I guess you could say it's not musical chairs, but you know, it's just follow the leader. And it's like, everybody has to play their role. And like, you can't be, a lot of times people get just very, very prideful. And I think that's like more so the older generation, people in there, uh, late 40s early 50s that oh the young generation they you know they don't they don't know no no they don't know nothing about business and they this and they that and it's like you gotta take the time to understand one two okay what are you doing for the generation before you to make sure that the generation before them gets the information that they need if you're just complaining and you're bringing up problems and not solutions that's not moving the culture forward I see there's a lot of problems with the younger generation. I really do. Um, I feel like, okay, cool. Everybody's saying, well, who's going to be the next Kobe? Who's going to be the next LeBron? Who's going to be, you know, the next uh, Kevin Durant, the next Steph Curry? And I'm like, who's going to be the next Martin Luther King? Who's going to be the next Malcolm X? You know, let's move the culture forward. Like, cool. It's, that's, that's getting old now. Like, we looking up to all these rappers and these athletes that's not really teaching us nothing. They're not teaching us how to get money. They're not teaching us how to live like they living. They don't even know how to manage their money. So it's like, we're putting too much power. Are we giving too much respect to people that's, that aren't beneficial to our lives? And so it's time for the Martin Luther Kings to be cool again. It's time for the Malcolm X's to be cool again. Let's bring them back because those are way more impactful. Those are way, 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 way more impactful. Uh, uh, a guy with a basketball is not as powerful as a guy that's speaking in front of a, a crowd of 10,000 and motivating them. 
they're not as powerful. If you can motivate somebody and inspire them to do better, that's way more powerful than you than than having them sing your song at a concert, right? Once again, like I don't have anything against celebrities or athletes or you know musicians. You guys, you know, I love music. I love basketball, football, all that. But all that is entertainment. The one thing black people, I feel black people have not taken over is business. Everybody, okay, we get it. We've taken over sports. We've taken over the music industry. We've taken over movies. We've taken over entertainment. That's using your physical abilities. But what have we done to take over the financial sectors? What have we done to take over entrepreneurship? I can't say that we have done too much in the black community. Why? Because that requires us to use our minds. That has nothing to do with your physical ability. You have to use your mind. And, you know, a lot of people are scared to have these conversations and sit in a room with big billionaires. That's, that's intimidating. You feel like you have nothing to bring to the table. But I'm here to bring that confidence. You can sit in a room with the white man that has 60 billion. You can sit in a room with the Arab that has 100 million. You can sit in a room with anybody because you have something that they don't. You have one, African-Americanism. They love us, one. Two, they wanna be us. We have the swag, we have everything that, you know, you see in America, you know, we built. And somebody either stole it or they claimed it and said it was like, we have to understand that the way to move the culture forward is not by, putting more of our people in, you know, the NFL and the NBA and on the movie screen and, you know, behind the mic, but putting them behind podiums, putting them, you know, in a Forbes magazine because they've uh, started the new tech company or they've opened up an all black law firm or they open up an all black hospital. You know, these are things that will push the culture forward, you know, because at the end of the day, if you play basketball, you can break your leg. If you're a doctor, you can break your leg and, you know how to fix it and then you can still go to work. You can break your leg and you own a tech company and you can still go to work. You can break your leg and be a forex trader and you can still make money. People need to understand that if you hurt yourself physically, is that gonna stop your check? And I even say that to say for people that are employees, if you hurt yourself on a job, where you can't go to work anymore. How is that going to affect you? Like, what if it's just like, God forbid, you have like a handicap that's just, you can't go to work anymore. Are you in position or do you have a skill set? Do you have something in place that can pay you without you having to use your physical ability where you have to pull up to a building, walk in and sit down for eight hours of the day? That's the scary part. You know, and that's where, the, that's where the world is moving. Like, people don't understand, like, they said it in science books. Technology is moving at an exponential rate. Meaning, for every day you wake up, technology is probably two, three, four, five, ten years ahead. So the iPhone 20 is already done. <laughs> it's done. iPhone 30 is already thought of. Technology is light years ahead of us already. So 
technology only makes things easier. It makes you not have to use your physical ability as much, right? Oh, you don't have to drive anymore. You could just hop in the Uber. It makes things faster too. Oh, you don't even, I heard in Dubai, they, you can do a helicopter Uber now. Now you can get places even faster. So as the world speeds up and you have to use less of your physical ability, and if your skill set is only correlated to you using your physical ability to make money, where is that going to leave you in the next five to 10 years? If technology is moving at an exponential rate, where does that leave you? Are you acquiring skill sets that pay you where you don't have to leave the bed? Are you acquiring skill sets that pay you whether you're asleep or not? And, and that's what I want people to wake up and understand. Like we're moving into 2020. You got to have a 2020 vision and understand that if you have people like Jasmine, that is a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of resources. Um, and she's putting you guys on different things as far as business and marketing and branding yourself. And you're not implementing those things. You're doing yourself a disservice. This is free value. Like I will mark this. People will pay to hear me speak. Guaranteed. Before it's all said and done, it could be sooner than later, but people will start paying to hear me speak. So understand, if you've had the chance to see me speak for free and you slept on it and you haven't supported, don't be mad when you got to pay five dollars $10,000. Don't be mad. Because I've put myself in position. This didn't happen overnight. Jasmine went to school with me. She'll get a free ticket. You know what I'm saying? You've known me. You could have supported. You could have been in my circle. But you've decided to feel like you are on the other side of the spectrum. You feel like you're one-dimensional. Oh, that's not my lane. I've had people tell me that. Oh, that's, that's not my lane. I'm like... Well, what is your lane? Because you're not making money. I know that's not your purpose, what you're doing. What is your lane? I'm telling you, I can show you what your lane is. And so, like, just to, just to put it in a nutshell, my relationship with people, it, it's just been very, very, it's, I want to say difficult, but it's very different. I just, I'm very, very mindful of the, of the company I keep. And the people that I do keep around me, I make sure that I challenge them every single day. And it's not to make them feel bad. It's because, hey, if you're around me and, you know, I'm allowing you in my space, that means I love and I care about you. And I see something greater than you probably see in yourself. Even if you think you could think this high about yourself, I'm going to think higher. I'm always thinking higher. Like you can do so much more. And that's what causes me to push people. And, you know, that's why I'm glad, you know, to see what you've done, you know, with um, what you've done with walking off. Like, we don't got to put the amount of money you were making, but that was substantial. You were deep in six figures. You were deep in six figures and you walked off by faith. And it was something I had been telling you to do, but I already knew what it was. And so I always wanted to challenge you because I'm like, I see Jasmine on TV with her own talk show that I have that vision, whatever vision you have for yourself. I don't know. I've, I'm already seeing it. So if I can see it, 
I know all she has to do is get to a place where she can see it clear. Cause maybe you did see it, but being at that, that, that place where you are in bondage financially, it's hard to really see it clear. But when you get to step off and say, you know what? My time is now free. I'm not trading it for money anymore. I actually, I actually have a clear cut understanding of what I need to do next. And I understand how I can get to that talk show. So that that's just that's what this is about. I don't want anybody to think I'm here to make relationships with people to just make money. I'm here to show you you can be better than what you think you are and you can go further than where you're currently at. Yeah, but on this show, I tell people a group of people hanging around each other, not getting money is a part of a nonprofit organization. Oh, wow. That's what I tell people all the time. And it's the funniest thing. I got it from Coach Stormy. That's my girl. And once I learned that, I said, there is no reason why each and every one of the people that's around me, that take up space, that take up my time, because it's so valuable, that we can't have an exchange of currency in some capacity. Even if it's you do shirts, well, let me do shirts with you. Let me help you make money in that capacity. Let me brand your business. Well, hey, I got a business in multiple streams. It's so many ways you can help me make money. It's ridiculous. So you just don't care about my well-being. You don't care about me eating. And I think for the longest, our generation and our people, we've forgotten the understanding of group economics. And like Coach Stormy, she talks about it. She says, you want the conversations with the big people. You want the time with the big people. But you are not doing anything that directly impacts what they do. You go to all the free stuff, but the moment they ask you to pay, oh, I can't do that. Okay. That's fine, understand, but our time is definitely a value. We both six, I know it took a lot for me to walk off that job and it's a personal thing that I had to walk through I, cause I you couldn't do it. I, it took me telling myself that nobody around me can help me get to where I wanna go unless I want to change my financial situation and I'm looking at the blueprint. We talked about the blueprint of success. <laughs> it was prophetic. <laughs> I'm just following it. I'm just following it. It only makes sense. It really doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It only makes sense. Um, what does your day-to-day look like? What's your morning routine? You got the full day is yours to command. How do you chop that up and be as productive as you possibly can? Uh, I like to start off, well, first, of course, with gratitude. So um, I know a lot of people, the first thing they grab is their phone um, when they wake up. And so I kind of had that habit, too. So what I I do now is when I wake up in the morning, um, well, before I go to sleep, I'll kind of have a picture in my in my uh, mind of like, well, what picture I want to post on my story. Maybe not on my feed, but just my story. And I'll say, okay, cool. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to post this picture and I'm going to say, thank you, God. And I'm just going to say something that I'm grateful for. And, you know, within that, I'm going to also market my business and myself. So that's my way of showing gratitude uh, to just being, being alive another day. And then after that, I, I, I try to go, and I even try, I go to the gym. 
Um, it's been, it was it was rough a few days because we've been moving around. But I've been, I went to the gym this morning. I went yesterday. Um, and so shout out to the um, to the people that's checking in with me on Instagram. Uh, that's another movement. I got tons of people checking in, tagging me on Instagram when they go to the gym. So that that holds me accountable because uh, I kind of started that a, a minute ago. And now every random people just checking in. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. We all hitting the gym. So, you know, shout out, uh, not shout out, but start off with a um, um, just gratefulness, just making sure that I'm uh, being thankful for just another day and then getting into some some fitness sweat. It's always good to start your day off with. A little sweat always gets my day going. Uh, make sure you eat something good. I know a lot of people don't eat breakfast, but you definitely should. Definitely should eat breakfast. And then really my day is wide open. And that's the beautiful part is like, if I don't have a meeting, then it's more so like, okay, where can I go? Well, I want to maybe, okay, I'm going to go to the mall. But if I go to the mall, best believe I'm going to talk to at least three to five people. Yeah, I might go buy something. I might go shopping. I'm going to go talk to three to five people and it's easy. I take the Uber, Uber driver, boom, got their number. Okay, cool. The lady that sold me the shirt, boom, got her number. Okay, cool. I go to the food court, get something to eat, get a smoothie. Okay, got her number. I'm networking the whole entire day. I'm getting new contacts, new Instagrams all day long. So when I get back to my house and it's still two, three o'clock, I'm like, okay, I got five new people in my network that I did not know. And the scary part about that is if I was working a nine to five, none of that would be possible. You cannot make any new relationships while you're at work unless you're on your phone and you're just looking for them. But I'm talking about organic relationships where people actually, you can exchange some type of information where they know who you are and what you do, and then y'all connect that way. It's impossible to do that. And that one person that you need to change your life could be in the mall getting ice cream at 1130, but you're at work. So you'll never meet that person. So that's the scary part about being at that nine to five. And when I always think about like, wow, I couldn't, I would have never have met the people that I've met um, in the last nine, 10 months if I was at my job. So for me, it's like, if I don't have a meeting, if I don't have an event, um, I'm just going places that have a lot of people. You, There's tons of people. I hate when people say, oh, well, I can't find anybody that wants to make money. I'm like, what? That doesn't even make sense. Everybody wants to make money. You just have to talk about it. And it's not like, hey, I do Forex. Like I said, people are always going to bring up a problem. Get to know people. I always ask my Uber driver, how long you been driving Uber? Okay, cool. Two years. Wow, that's a long time. You must be making some good money. Uh, kind of, not really. Oh, I mean, you do this like full time, full time? Yeah. I'm like, I'll say like, if you don't mind me asking, how much money do you make per day? Like on a good day, I make about $150, $200. I said, okay, cool. I was like, so, I mean, that's that's good to like, for you to like live a good life, right? He's like, I mean, not really, but I mean, it, it, it helps me get by. And I said like, well, you know, what if I could show you how to make what you make in, you know, eight hours, 10 hours of driving in 30 minutes from your phone? That would be awesome. 
okay, cool. You know, I, well, I trade in the foreign exchange market and that's really what we do is we just teach people how to make money from their phones in the largest financial market in the world. And um, I say, I know you're driving right now, so I don't want to get your eyes off the road, but uh, if I can get your Instagram or your contact information, I can get you some more information about what it is we do. Boom. I don't, I don't even try to sell them. It's just like, I'm just giving out value all day giving out value because people have problems. So let me see how I can solve it. You don't want to drive Uber for two years. Who ever wants to be a professional Uber driver? Like, come on. Like, you should not have been driving Uber as long as it's been open. It's just too long. Uber should be something you do on the side because you need to get some quick money. If you've been doing it for two years, that's too long. I'm sorry. And if I was an Uber driver, I would have been... That's Brandon. Everybody that come in that car is getting sold on something. I'm, I'm, t I'm seeing too many people. I'm having conversations with everybody. So for me, my day-to-day -day is just to continue to make relationships. That is what literally runs the world. The more I can be connected, the easier my life is. It's not even, my currency is my network. My currency, I need, I, forget me having, you know, the money I have. There's people that have way more than I have. So I want to be connected to as many people as I can. And that's my currency. So I got to uh, connect or contact for any situation. I need a lawyer. I need a doctor. I need somebody to help me get a visa to this country. I need somebody to help me buy a house. Whatever it is, I want to be connected to the right people. Um, and it, it, like I said, it's not just about the money. Like, like I said, this is it's called network marketing, right? So we're already mar marketing. And you should want to network organically and make new friends. So why not get paid to meet new people and market something that you believe in that works? Yeah. And I got two more questions for you. What we're talking now, we're just transitioning to the people that's already in the business, already a part of IM Academy, already bought in to understand the impact, understand the influence, understand how it's changing lives financially. Right. What if you get to a place where you're stuck in your business and you're, you're ready to take it out? This is for the people that are, are wanting to grow their IBO. What's the next step? They, they hit one rank. They want to go to the next step. What has been one of your keys of strategies for success? So I tell people that, you know, you have to, you have to first um, understand that everything is a process and it is a journey. Um, but to take your business to the next level, you have to always be looking for the next wave. So imagine you are surfing and you're riding a wave. You know, somebody that's surfing isn't waiting for the wave to end to look to get onto the next wave. They're saying, okay, I'm on this wave. Where's the next wave? Cause I don't want this to end cause then I'm a crash. I need to be looking for the next wave. So it's all about creating momentum in your business, whatever that may be, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, you just posting a lot on Instagram or you're going crazy on IGTV or posting a lot on your feed or on your story or, Maybe it's you running a promotion. Maybe it's you uh, going to a bunch of networking events. Maybe it's you, you know, 
saying, you know what, I'm going to take Uber every day for the next two weeks, just like to small places. Instead of driving, if I got to go somewhere that's within five to 10 minutes, if you can afford it, you know, I'm going to Uber and I'm going to talk to every Uber driver and I'm going to tell them about what I'm doing. Um, that's really the best way I tell people. There's so many people out in this world. You just have to talk to everybody and you never know who that person might be that you talk to that can take your business to the next level. And I say, you're always one person away from getting to where you want to go. So people might be like, oh, well, this person might not want to do it. Don't ever write anybody off. One, because they might not want to do it, but they might be willing to put somebody on that does know how to do it or does want to do it, right? So I've actually got a lot of superstars in my business based off of third party or third generation relationships. Like I met a person that I put on, they didn't go that hard, but the person they put on went a little bit harder, but fell off the person they put on was the superstar. So it's not always about that person, even the person you meet even going that crazy. It's all about exploiting people's networks because the most powerful thing people bring to your network when they come in is their network. So always look to exploit somebody else's network. Okay, I brought you in, but that means you know hundreds or maybe even thousands of other people or maybe just 10 to 20 people that I don't know. And out of that 10 to 20, let's talk to them because out of that 10 to 20, they know thousands of other people that I don't know that you don't know either. So that's, that's the key is like, talk to people, don't accept no for an answer. Always say, well, okay, do you know anybody else that might be interested in this information? And most of the times, I tell people that don't try to sell it at first. If you're new, don't try to sell it. I still don't sell it. I still, you know, set them up for a, a call later on because maybe I don't want to just pitch them at that point. But put them in front of somebody that can articulate the information at a high level. Like, until you get to a point where you're seeing success. Like, I've helped several people get to Platinum 150, Platinum 600, and I've closed a lot of their people for them until they got to that point of success. And now they've heard me articulate it and now they can do it. So now when you're out and about, now you're more confident because you've already heard how to close somebody. And I think a lot of times people get discouraged because they're maybe trying to sell it and they don't know how to articulate it at a high level or they don't have that enthusiasm because they haven't really seen great success. And it's kind of hard to sell something that you haven't seen success in, you know? It's, it's kind of hard. So um, I always say leverage your leadership, leverage the people that do have the success and do have the passion and can articulate the, the information on a, at a high level and, and get your people closed. Because I don't think getting people is the problem. It's, it's one retention, honestly, because you can get people in, it's about keeping them. Right. And so you don't want to just get anybody in. You want to get somebody that understands the vision. Right. And you want to get people that want to run with you as well. So if it takes you three months to get three people, you want to make sure it's the right three people because you rather get it take three months to get three people that's going to run with you. than you get three people in three days and then they fall off in 30. So then you got to start all over and you wasted time and energy on those people 
when you could have been looking for people that actually were serious about running with the business. So um, just taking it to the, to the next level, keep looking for new blood, always be talking. I said, if people don't know what you're doing, then you're not doing it. If you don't got Forex trader in your bio, you're not doing it. If you don't got something about Forex in general in your bio, you're not doing it. Um, if you're not leveraging the platform and the resources, then you're doing yourself a disservice and you're making it harder for you to build your business. Uh, and I'll say the last thing is just make sure that you're genuine. You know, don't, don't try to shove this down anybody's throat, be patient and, you know, always have a positive mindset, positive attitude, and the right people will be attracted to your business. I always tell people it took me three months to hit platinum 150. So, you know, Jasmine surpassed what I did, you know? So, you know, she hit it way before three months. So, you know, you can't look at somebody else's success and then compare. That's another thing. Don't compare your success to other people. Your journey is your journey because they can hit P2000 in two months, but then plateau and you hit in six months and then you hit chairman right after that. So build your business like you would build your house. Don't worry about somebody else's house. Build your house because you're going to be the one living in it. Don't worry about somebody else's house. If you living in that house, then cool. Go figure out what's going on. But a business is like you building your house. You're living in it. So build it the way you want to live in it. Don't worry about what's going on across the street next door. You can admire it and say, oh, I like how they building that. I might do something like that on my house, but I'm not going to compare and say, why they house so big, my house small? No, build your house the way you want to build your house. Don't compare. You can take ideas and suggestions, but understand that the house you live in, the business you're building is for you. It's not going to be for nobody else. So, you know, don't compare yourself and run your own race and, you know, walk by faith. Mm. And I know I just... I really have two more questions, but I feel like you're doing so such an amazing job. I just want to keep you on here forever. Um, key piece of advice for any person that's still on the fence. They've heard the value. They've heard the mindset. They've heard we went to school in engineering. They've heard this is something that anyone can do if they have the mindset, if they have the time to say, I don't know everything and investing is a strategy that all people should have in their portfolio, especially if they have a 401k, um, that's our, you're already investing in the foreign exchange market. You just don't know anything about it. And you just gave your investing ability to somebody else. And you pretty much just don't probably know what's going on. But last piece of advice for anybody that's still on the fence. If you're on the fence, what I would say is, you know, just Google Forex. Just Google it. Google Forex um, and just, you know, what it, what is Forex? Just Google what is Forex. Don't try to Google is Forex bad. Like, come on. That's like saying, like, if you Google it, if anything bad is going to come up, is water bad? They're going to tell you why it's bad to drink too much water. Like, just Google what is Forex and really understand that you're already participating. You're just not getting paid for it. Understand that first and foremost. 
So you don't have to participate with us, but you're already participating with somebody else and you're not getting paid for it. If you come participate with us, we'll show you how you can get compensated. So I'll, I'll leave with this. So if you're on the fence, let me just let you know you're already participating. If you have your money in a bank account, which I'm sure you do, it could be JP Morgan, it could be Bank of America, it could be SunTrust, it could be Capital One, it could be Citibank, right? Any of those banks, Wells Fargo, I can name hundreds. They all participate in the foreign exchange market. I always wonder, how do the banks keep their lights on? Right? How do they keep their lights on? Because you're just, yeah, they, they might charge a little service fee here and there, but is that really keeping their lights on? Like, honestly, what they're doing is they're actually investing your money into the foreign exchange market. And they're making millions, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars a year on your money. And they're giving you back anywhere from 0.01 to 0.03% per year. So when you open up that savings account or that checking account and you got to have a minimum amount in there or you'll be penalized, that's because they're investing your money. So how dare you not have the amount they need to invest? So understand that you're already participating. Uh, and I'll end with this. Uh, the rule of 72, very powerful. Rule of 72 by Albert Einstein states that if you take the number 72 and you divide it by the interest rate your banks gives you per year on your money, you will find out how long it takes for your money to double in that account. So let's say you have $1,000 in your savings account. We'll say on average you have a 0.02 interest rate. You take 72 and you divide it by 0.02, that should give you 3,600. So that means it will take 3,600 years for that 1,000 to turn into 2,000. 3,600 more years for that 2,000 to turn into 4,000. 3,600 more years for that 4,000 to turn into 8,000. Understand, we don't have that type of time. Your kids, 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 kids will never see that money double. So you got to ask yourself, do I want my money in that vehicle? And if they're taking my money and making millions on it, and they're just giving me pennies at the end of the year to have my money, what can I do to be more hands-on with investing just a small percentage of my money and, and figuring out how to participate in this market to make it beneficial to me? Mm. Brandon, I got to just say thank you, man. Every time you come, you've been a blessing in my life. I just am so thankful to know you. I, I just always be like, God, like you really just gave me all my millionaire friends, like my billionaire friends, like my truth, like what more can a girl ask for? You know, college, I just spent a lot of money to meet people. That's really what I did because I have never been an electrical engineer a day in my life. Show and um, I did nothing I paid for for school. It's the funniest thing I ever thought. And the the other thing, you guys, nobody asks questions when they were like, you're not going to use anything that you learn in school at your job. Nobody asked to questions. I should have been asking those questions. I'm like, well, what am I paying for? Confuses me. Brandon, last question. What does walking by faith mean to you? Walking by faith. Oh, man. Walking by faith is saying, you know what? I'm going to block out whatever's to the right of me, whatever's to the left of me. I'm going to focus on what's in front of me. I'm gonna take one step in the front. I'm gonna take the other step in the front. And literally, I'm gonna have faith that I'm gonna get to my destination. And I'll use this uh, analogy. 
um, to, to answer this question in total. It's like driving down a dark road. You got your headlights on. The headlights can't see all the way down the road. It can only see a few feet in front. But you're going to keep driving because you're going to pray that it's going to just keep showing you the path on where you need to go. It's not going to show you the whole journey. It's going to show you just enough to keep driving. And so walking by faith is seeing just a little bit in front of you and just knowing that there's going to be more road ahead and that God is going to open up uh, more vision for you to see what you need to do next to be successful. You guys, I promise a year ago, had no idea that the man I interviewed would be the man that helped to set me free. So, um, well, I mean, I guess I knew it. I don't know. That's what walking by faith is. You don't ever know. <laughs> you don't. You never know. So I'm just thankful. Um, I, these jobs can't afford me. And if I ever contract my work, my minimum should be, I don't even know how much I'm worth at this point. Like, the, the wealth, the knowledge, the social media, the marketing, you yourself, the ability to cultivate a community, right? That's your, that's your price of, of your speaking. Minimum. I mean, it's no price. I'm looking at the next Les Brown, the next E.T. the hip hop preacher. You probably make more money than they already do. And, you know, that's, we're not speaking negative. We're just saying that, I hear a lot of motivational coaches and things, but like which one of them is actually going to give you information that you can apply immediately to change your financial situation. Mindset is always good, but mindset with application leads to bank account changing. I don't know. I need to coin that. And I was just thinking about for your birthday. I was like, you call it grind. Grind said, grind I was like, okay, I'm going to get a shirt made for you for your birthday and then you trademark that and then sell it. That's another stream. Let's do it, grind set. Grind set. I ain't heard nobody say it. I was like, mindset, grind set. Like grind, you gotta have the right mindset and you gotta have the right grind set. Yeah, so I mean, that's yeah, that, now that's that, a, we're saying it right now, nobody can go do it. Brandon Thompson will trademark grind set and that will be a part of his brand, period. That's a whole nother stream. You throw that shirt on. I like I like those kind of notifications. I get money. Like that's what I like. Um, I need all the emails. Yeah. So you guys, thank y'all. I want y'all to show him so much love. Brandon, where can they find you on social media if they don't know already? So you can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm at mainly at trillionaire is spelled correctly trillionaire tomp t-h-o-m-p all one word trillionaire tomp and i'm also on tiktok at trillionaire tomp 06 so Yay! i just started on tiktok uh i just posted my first video i don't know if it loaded but um the connection was bad but i definitely will be posting more uh of my trip in africa so you get, yeah, follow me on there too, at Trillionaire06 on TikTok, but I do most of my damage on IG, so at Trillionaire Tom, no oh, yeah. 06. We tearing up that Instagram, and that's so, the most scared platform. You, you're so scared to, so I'm just, we just gonna keep tearing it up. I like, I like it. It's gonna be my YouTube. 
So I'm looking for your own Instagram, Trillionaire. I mean, not TikTok, TikTok, Trillionaire. Tom 06. So okay. you should be able to follow and find me. 06, okay. All right, you guys, I found him. He is on there. That's what I'm talking about, doing the brand and doing the social media. We are always expanding. So, and I'm your first follower. Awesome. Right. I just I just made one like the other day. You told me to make one. I made one like maybe last week or so. So that's okay. all I, I that's all uh, I listen. Keep listening to me. You're gonna be all over because I got the Gary V strategy. I read all 270 pages before I went to sleep on how to make 64 pieces of content in pretty much five hours. I read all of that before I went to bed. And I was just like, This is I this need, is this is literally what we trying to that's do. That's sauce. I need that sauce. Yes. And um, cause I feel like we all on that Gary Vee stuff. Like I love Gary Vee. That's the best, the best white man I ever met that I never met. <laughs> <laughs> he I actually like, here. I feel like like I'ma just run into him. Like he's so like down to earth. Like I feel like I'ma just run into him and he just gonna drop some gems and change my life. Like yes, more than and take a picture and tell him uh tell him the girl want to interview him because I wanna I really wanna know all of his other pieces like his marriage, his life. I wanna know all that stuff. Cause I know he a good businessman, but I want to see the other pieces of him. No nah, facts. He don't really share that. Personally. He don't. He don't. But you guys, we're gonna wrap up this episode. As you already know, networking, making sure that you understand that my network is your network. You go and follow him. If anything in this message like really touched your heart, I want y'all to text nine one seven. Hold on, let me go to it. What is my what's my number? Nine one seven seven five three three three. 3322 text gold. I'll have a personal conversation with you and then we'll talk about your goals and where you're trying to be because we're going we gonna to rotate the situation. All right. Love y'all. Love you, Brandon. Everybody, um, y'all keep walking by faith and we'll see you next week for another episode on the Walk by Faith show. Peace. content like this make sure you give the walk by faith podcast a five-star rating and leave a review on apple Podcasts. you can follow me on instagram at underscore underscore the pretty plug and follow all updates on the podcast at wbf podcast to those already supporting the show with a monthly subscription thank you if you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash jasmine-a-stith to become a monthly supporter. That's all folks. Tune in next week for another episode on the Walk by Faith show.